It's that time of the day to turn up your volume because you're listening to your favorite podcast. It's Burgers and Brats with your hosts, Braxton Poe and Matt Marks. Bonjour and welcome to another week of everyone's favorite podcast, Burgers and Brats. Make sure you are following us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Burgers Brats, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and Pandora at Burgers and, Burgers and Brats. And today we got a very special guest. Bruce Hope from the Format Podcast. Bruce, thank you for being here. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. You want to give out your socials to everyone listening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at Bruce F A Hope and on Instagram at the Format Podcast. And uh, the Format Podcast is located wherever you listen to your podcast. We are excited to have you on. And I, I think we are, we are all excited. The NBA release uh, their schedule for the uh, season to, to restart uh, last Friday. Opening night, Jazz versus Pelicans, Clippers versus Lakers. Those are your headlines for opening night. Uh, Bruce, I want to start with you. How excited are you? Uh, what are you expecting for this restart? So I'll tell you, it's funny. Um, growing up, I was just a huge NBA fan. It was NBA first and NFL second. And as I got older, just seeing all the soap opera nonsense went on with the NBA and the rules changes, it kind of flipped for me. But this is the first time in a while that I'm really excited about the NBA. And um, I'm definitely looking forward, especially on opening night, to seeing that Zion and John Morant matchup. That's going to be special. And then, of course, the, uh, the late game on opening night, Kawhi versus LeBron. What more can you ask for? Can't ask for much more. Matt, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's been a long time. You know, you think back to mid-March when the season shut down, and that just seems forever ago. I mean, this has been so many months of just boredom, depression, and it's great that basketball is back. Um, these are going to be the just greatest eight games for each team. Yes, some teams have better shots at making the playoffs. They're already in than some teams. You know, they, why bother even playing? But it's great to have basketball back. And, uh, again, that, that L.A. matchup uh, on opening night, that's going to be fun to see and, and see how LeBron and, and the boys can uh, see what they do in that final eight games and into the playoffs. Yeah, um, some teams have it easier as the schedule came out. Teams with the toughest schedule, Miami, Denver, Lakers, and Memphis, who have that eight seed in the West right now, and the teams with the easiest, you got the Pacers, Boston, Philly, and the team with the easiest schedule, Zion and the Pelicans. How how obvious is it now that the NBA wants <laughs> Zion in the playoffs? It's pretty obvious right now. Yes, it is. Uh, Bruce, I mean, let's. What, what are your thoughts on that one? Um, I definitely agree with you guys. And as you were running it down and you were discussing the teams with the hardest schedule, obviously we know John Morant is amazing. He's a great watch. He's a tremendous young player, but. He doesn't have that level of star power that Zion Williamson has. Eyes are glued to the TV whenever Zion's playing. And it is obvious that by giving Memphis that hardest schedule and then giving the Pelicans the easiest schedule, they're doing everything they can to get Zion in the playoffs. And realistically, it's smart because they've lost a ton of money on this season already, so they're trying to get it back every which way possible. Exactly. And uh, Matt and I have talked about uh, Rookie of the Year debates. I want to get who is your Rookie of the Year, and if if it is Jaw right now, is there any way Zion can get Rookie of the Year if he if they catch that eight seed? 
Um, I, I think that uh, Zion is amazing. He's had a tremendous run for the time that he's been playing. I just think he missed too much time, and it would not be fair to the work that John Morant has done all season. John Morant basically has put up numbers consistent with or maybe slightly better than uh, Jason Kidd and Grant Hill in their rookie years. There's a lot of guys whose numbers, you know, all-timers whose rookie year numbers he's comparable to. So I personally don't think there's any way that he should not get the Rookie of the Year award, but crazier things have happened in the NBA when there are agendas at play. Yeah, Matt and I still think Jaw deserves a Rookie of the Year for sure, no matter what happens the rest of the way in. But there, we are having some troubles with COVID right now in Florida. Uh, 9,000 cases a day. Uh, Matt, we, Matt, we haven't been on since um, their um, daily spike has increased this much. So, Matt, how optimistic are you now that this season will continue and um, how players will feel that they will have to be in a tight, tight bubble now with uh, COVID increasing there? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about the players. I think we're already at at least five players that have, uh, for various reasons, said, you know, they're not going to be picking up um, and, and playing in Orlando, and we'll probably see a few more. Yeah, it's, it's, not, um, it's not good news. I mean, I'm optimistic, yeah, they're going to be playing. I don't think this is going to change much, but if you have more and more players that decide that they're not going to play and then you have to scramble and just get replacement players – and then, you know, how does that hurt some team's chances that, I mean, you, you have two players, that, you know, think of the Nets, uh, Wilson Chandler, and then also DeAndre Jordan, who he tested positive. That's two Nets players that they're going to be without. Um, and of course, yeah, you, you, they got Justin Anderson to replace Wilson Chandler, and they probably will get somebody uh, for DeAndre Jordan. But that is going to be interesting to watch as these next couple of weeks unfold. If more and more players decide they're not playing or test positive, is the NBA going to have to scramble or you're just going to go full force into this and hope for the best? Um, I mean, we're seeing this too in baseball too, and they haven't even started yet. It, it's, it's, it's going to be something to juggle. And I don't know if there's a, a right answer. I, I feel like you just have to power through and you got to just go with it. But, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of stumped with what's going to happen. Yeah. I think NBA can definitely control the bubble. I, I, I think they might have to limit that eight-game uh, warm-up season. I, I think they might have to limit that or um, just go straight into the playoffs. But I, I think NBA can definitely do it. But it will be interesting to see. DeAndre Jordan, yeah, came out today, will not be playing. And then you have the Nuggets closing down practice facilities because their players, coaches, staff, whoever they haven't said is now contracting COVID. They have a big increase there. So it will be interesting to see in the next uh, few days, uh, starting uh, next month in July. So, Bruce, what are your thoughts? So I I think first, the first thing that... Bruce, you with us? Is, oh, you cut out there. I'm sorry. The first thing I thought was uh, when you mentioned DeAndre Jordan and Wilson Chandler, I'm thinking, well, it's the Nets. Who cares? They got no chance of winning anyway. But <laughs> that's... You know, that's not really relevant because we have to look at things on a larger scale in terms of the overall health and safety of everything. And while I agree that it's going to be something we're going to have to keep our eyes on, I'm, I'm thinking the NBA is going to go full steam ahead. There's just no way that they don't finish this season because it directly endangers 
the forthcoming season. They would have to do a new CBA, and who knows if they would even play. Following that, they would uh, end up owing a lot of make goods to the uh, to the TV partners and the advertisers and all of that. So there's just too much money at stake not to finish this thing. And realistically, because of the, the difference, the unconventional nature of the way this season will play out, it is going to be something that's going to garner a lot of attention, and people are going to be watching. They can't afford to not finish it. No, yeah, money trumps everything, so um, they're going to finish this season for money and for the future. Um, I want to get, what are you guys looking forward most to um, when the season restarts? Uh, games, just uh, players to watch. What are you guys looking forward to, Matt? Well, you know, as always, i got to talk about my Mavericks. I'm excited to see what Luka and KP can do to finish out the season and, and see if they can make a splash um, in the playoffs. And But, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I look at the West, and when this season ended, it was a real tight race for the 5-6-7 with the Thunder, the Rockets, and the Mavericks. And, and I think that's a team – I mean, we've been shocked by how great the Thunder have been this season. When they, You know, they don't have Paul George. They don't have Russell Westbrook anymore, but yet they're 40-24. and 24. I, I think that's the team to watch in the Thunder. What will they do in the Final Eight, and then how does that affect their seeding, and then what can they do in the playoffs? Are they a, a dark horse contender that they could maybe make it pretty far, or is this – you know, they were one of the hottest teams by, when the NBA suspended play. Does that hurt them? Do they now really struggle in these eight games and then get bounced in the first round? I'm, I'm interested to see what the Thunder um, will do, and especially that 5-6-7 with Thunder Rockets Mavericks on how that plays and shakes up because who wants to play the Clippers more? Uh, who wants to play the Nuggets and, and seeing and how that matches up? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of shakeups um, with these final eight games, but uh, – uh, some important games, we got opening night easily. August 3rd, we got Memphis and the Pelicans. Heat Nuggets, August 1st. That's Jokic's his first game back after he lost all that way and he had the COVID. We'll see how uh, the Serbian big man does then. And then August 10th, we got an Eastern Conference uh, matchup, Hope maybe Milwaukee-Toronto. So th those are just some of the games. Uh, Bruce, what are you looking forward to? So um, everyone's looking at the West, and rightfully so. The best teams are in the West, and I'm – you know, excited about the Clippers and Lakers. And what I'm going to find really interesting on the Western side of things is they, they being the uh, NBA media and the fans constantly laud LeBron for getting to eight straight finals in the East. And I'm looking to see if he doesn't make the finals in the West. That's his first two years in the conference. First year, he didn't even make the playoffs. Second year, he doesn't make the finals. What excuse are they going to make for him? Because we've never seen a superstar get this coddled and have this many excuses made for him when he fails. So I'm looking to see that, number one. Now switching gears to the East, um, you know, full disclosure, I'm a Celtics fan. I've been one since the 80s. So I'm, I'm really excited to watch and see how that young team is able to rebound from the break uh, along with Brad Stevens. And then... I think that coming out of this thing, Philadelphia is going to be better than people think. Um, ben Simmons is time to get healthy. Embiid also, I think, if his mind is right, is a beast. And then, of course, Milwaukee. And not sleeping on Toronto, who is excellently coached and is playing good ball. Siakam is doing his thing. So those four teams at the top of the East, I think that's going to be more of a dogfight than people are anticipating. So I'm definitely watching the East. And then, of course, the top two in the West. 
Hey, Bruce, I want to just ask you real quick, being a Celtics fan, what, what are your thoughts on uh, on Brad Stevens as coach? I mean, he's done an incredible job. I mean, in my opinion, last five years, you know, over 500 record considerably has had dominant teams, has did really well in Butler. I was very happy when the Celtics signed him back in the day because I enjoyed watching him coach Butler. I mean, what's your thoughts real quick on, on Brad Stevens as the Celtics man? Yeah, I was really surprised when they signed him, but it was another steal by Danny Ainge. That guy, somebody said lock him up because he really is a thief. Um, but it was, it was a great move in bringing in Brad Stevens. I think he's an outstanding young coach. The only thing I'm curious about is if he has the ability to coach a team and meld it with an established superstar. Because we saw when Kyrie Irving was there, he was not able to do that. He never really had that at Butler, so he's used to young guys, um, guys that people don't necessarily think are the elite, you know, little engine that could type situations. So now when the expectations are there, or if you, if Danny Ainge should pull off another miracle and pull in an established superstar, how is he going to be able to deal with that? That's kind of my thoughts on Brad Steve. Mm-hmm. Very and, good. I agree with that, yeah. Bruce, uh, Matt and I have talked about our predictions, uh, NBA title, MVP. I want to get your conference or your um, NBA championship finals matchup, who you have winning, and then your MVP. So I have the Bucks and the Clippers, uh, Bucks from the East, just because they're such an outstanding defensive team. And as much as the league is trying to legislate defense out, I think they're so good defensively, it's going to be able to carry them through the East. And I think Giannis just wants it so badly. Um, so I think they come out of the East. I do believe the Clippers are the best in the league, even though they don't have the best record. I think they win the West because I just think there's such a terrible matchup for LeBron with all that length on the perimeter defensively. He doesn't know how to deal with that. He's had one good game against them. He has problems dealing with Patrick Beverly as a primary defender. Furthermore, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Furthermore, uh, uh, Marquise Morris. Furthermore, Paul George. Uh, LeBron James loves to operate out of the pick and roll, and this is a team, being the Clippers, that can switch everything in the pick and roll because they have lengthy, rangy defenders. LeBron doesn't like that. I have the Clippers coming out of the West, and just Doc Rivers' championship experience, Kawhi Leonard's championship experience, I think the Clippers win the whole thing. See, I, my problem with the Clippers is Paul playoff P. I don't trust him. <laughs> I don't trust him at all. Mm-hmm. So I've got Clippers, Lakers in the um, Western Conference, but I, I just think LeBron, man, that dude can turn it on in the playoffs. He knows how to get there. He knows how to win. So I've got the Lakers in that deal. And then who you got for MVP? Uh, I think Giannis. Um, uh, when the when the pandemic kind of first broke out, a couple of weeks after that, ESPN did uh, you know an anonymous poll of like sixty uh, MVP voters, sports writers, and the majority, like I think eighty percent, gave it to Giannis. And I think as long as we don't suffer from any recency bias, at the end of the day, Giannis has been the MVP, has had the best season. We're not taking into account any of the other nonsense. Giannis is not building schools. Giannis is not dealing with China controversy. Giannis is not dealing with the death of Kobe. None of that matters in the MVP. It's about the best player who had the best season, and that's Giannis. Yeah, I think Giannis has had a great season. Um, should be MVP. So, uh Anything else to add for NBA uh, season restart? I think I'm good. All right, let's move into Cam Newton. Cam Newton finally signing with a team, but it's the team we all didn't want him to sign with. One year, $7.5 million to the Patriots. 
Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, I, I, I wasn't really surprised. I thought, you know, if there was a spot for Cam, it, it would be going to the Patriots as much as I hate saying that. Um, you know, before Cam signed, if you're a, you know, a Bills fan, you're feeling pretty good that this is your chance that you can, you know, take the division from the Patriots. You can maybe win this thing, maybe, right? Um, but now with Cam, that obviously uh, doesn't really bode well for them. It's a great sign by New England, um, and I'm glad that Cam is going to get a shot and, and play with play with them. I was sad when he got, uh, you know, cut from uh, Carolina. Uh, but those injuries and team was going in a new direction. But I'm, I'm excited by this move. I mean, not excited for the Patriots, excited for Cam. Can't get excited for the Patriots. But uh, I, I think it's a good signing for them. Bruce, what are your thoughts? Um, so I just I think it's really going to be interesting, and I am kind of excited to see what Cam turns into or what the Patriots offense morphs into with Cam Newton as the trigger man. I'm, I think it's a fair assumption to say as long as he's healthy, he'll beat out Jared Stidham, right? So yes. I think it's going to be really interesting because there is no coach in history that's better – in adjusting from game to game, half to half, or even drive to drive, what the offensive philosophy is going to be than Bill Belichick. He is able to do that. Yeah, And so I think that he's a guy who is going to be able to make it work with Cam Newton. And also, this is something I thought about, um, Josh McDaniels had Tim Tebow, right? So if he wants to run some of the schemes that he was using with Tebow, with Cam Newton, Obviously, Cam Newton is exponentially better and more talented, so so you don't need to run him as much. Josh McDaniel is going to be able to employ some of that. And also, they can add new uh, elements to the Patriots offense that you haven't really seen for years. You know, you can get more uh, boots, more waggles, more moving the pocket, that type of thing, because Cam Newton is so much more athletic. And he's got the big arm, so if you can now try to figure out or you see some development out of a guy like Nikhil Harry, and now maybe you can start going down the field more. Cam Newton's got a bigger arm. I think there's just a lot different type of things you can do with him. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to win a championship or even go to the Super Bowl, but I think as long as Cam changes, the addition of Cam will take them to yet another division championship in the AFC. Yeah, I, I hate to say it, but... <clears throat> It is a great pickup for the Patriots. Just when we thought they were down and out, losing Tom Brady, they get Cam Newton. He's missed 16 games the last two years, but this Cam Newton is a great quarterback. He is he is so he is so athletic, great arm, can run. Well, his 2015 season, one of the best seasons we've ever seen out of a quarterback. So he'll be the starter. He will be just hopefully he can stay um, healthy. And I, if he stays healthy, this team will win. Um, their division again, but uh, uh, happy for Cam. He deserved to be signed somewhere. Just sad it was with the Patriots, but Bill Belichick will be a great coach for him. Cam Newton needs Bill Belichick. I think so. I think he has to demonstrate that he's willing to uh, just be another guy, even though he's an elite quarterback, just be another guy, fit in, learn the system, and and go out there and prove what you're worth. Because obviously this is a prove-it year for him. So um, I definitely think it's a good fit. And uh, Bruce, before you go, I want to ask you about the NFL finding the Patriots $1.1 million, uh, stripping them of 
a third round draft pick for illegal videotaping uh, last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Patriots cheating and getting caught again? So, I honestly don't know if they cheated again, but with their track record, the NFL had to do something. Um, one point one million dollars is a drop in the drop in the hat or a drop in the bucket to Robert Kraft, and a third round draft pick is not going to make or break the Patriots as long as they've got Bill Belichick. Like the organization is just too sound. They have a culture. They have you know the Patriot way. They're going to do what they do, and at the end of the day, you still have to go out on the field. You still have to execute. So I'm you know it is what it is. Yeah, them getting fined is just another reason to hate them. <laughs> I don't hate Tom Brady. I, I don't hate him. I, I am a Ravens fan, but I, I still don't hate him. I understand just how great the Patriots are and have been, especially in yeah, a sport I, like football yeah. with injuries and free agency. To, to have dominated to this extent for this long is incredible. Yeah, understanding Bill Belichick is the GOAT um, in coaching NFL for sure. Yep. Matt, thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, just pretty much what what y'all said. I mean, it's uh, it's not that much money, and it's not that big of a deal. It'll, Patriots will be Patriots, and and it, it you just life goes on. I mean, I I think you guys have pretty much said everything that I would have said as well. So, uh, Bruce, before you go, you want to give out your social socials again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you guys can uh, catch me on Twitter. At Bruce F A Hope, that's at Bruce F A Hope, and you can catch me on Instagram at the Format Podcast. That's at the Format Podcast, um, and of course, you can listen to the Format Podcast just about anywhere that you normally listen to podcasts: Apple, Google, Stitcher, Castbox, Overcast, all that good stuff. Well, uh, Bruce, thank you so much for being on. Hopefully, we can do another uh, podcast again soon. Definitely. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Welcome. So, Matt, um, want to start get into on this day, our favorite segment. That's right. That's right. Hey, I, I may have cut out on the connection, Braxton. So, um, you just missed Bruce um, exiting. That's all. That's what you missed. Okay. Well, it was good having Bruce on. But what's what happened on this day, Braxton? Sixteen thirteen, Shakespeare's Ooh. Globe Theater in London burns to the ground. And then 1938, Superman first appears in DC Comics. So he's pretty old. Pretty old man. And then 1863, you got the Battle of Gettysburg. And 1964, the Civil Rights Act. So that's what happens this week on this history. And we got some birthdays to give out. Mike Tyson. Hopefully we'll see him fighting again soon. We got uh, the late, great Princess Diana. And the best Bronco of all time, but the worst GM of all time, John Elway. Happy birthday, John. Thank you for Peyton Manning. And Matt, um, got some other news to get into. Um, just, this is just uh, around the world stuff. We're an international podcast, Matt. So we've got to go around the world. Okay, let's, let's see it. So, uh, we'll start with golf. Four players, two caddies, uh, test positive on the PJ Tour. I, there might be more now um, in the last day or so. And then uh, Mississippi lawmakers vote to change their state flag finally. There's that, finally, after all this time. 
And then D.C., District of Columbia, may soon become a state. And while we're at it, let's add Puerto Rico. I want Puerto Rico added as a state. I want all 16 of our territories added as a state. You know, funded 50. We've had 50 for way too long. I think it's time to add more. That's a uh, that's a big topic right there. I did see that. We'll we'll see how that plays out. Well, Africa's got fifty four countries. We've got fifty states. We gotta we gotta have the most um ter- or states whatever it's called. We gotta have more than <laughs> anyone in the con- in the world. And we go to Puerto Rico easy easier now, and whatever whatever other sixteen um, territories we have. But Matt, there's been some break some. Weird news um, lately on Twitter about Disney <laughs> Channel and moms. <laughs> so Amy Duncan, the mom of Good Luck Charlie, um, is in the news. Uh, she um, subtweeted that Joe Biden, who was wearing a mask, Joe Biden said, please wear a mask. Amy Duncan said, no, uh, no, thank you. If you want, you can, but it doesn't help. So Twitter went after her. And... Amy Duncan was a nurse in Good Luck Charlie. So you'd think she would know um, some things about healthcare, but apparently not. So Matt and I, Matt, who is your favorite Disney mom? This got us thinking, who's our favorite? Who's your favorite? You know, it's this one's a tough one because there are so many great Disney shows. Well, I always had a conversation at dinner with some friends the other night, and we were just talking about the great Disney Channel like movies and shows back in the day. Like Braxton, like when you when you hear Disney Channel original movie, I'm sure you get like two or three that come to mind, right? That I get goosebumps, like, right? Yeah, I those those were the days, and I I don't watch Disney very much or if I'll, at all really anymore. And I you know there's the new shows now, and I'm sure I'd young hope not, kids Matt. like them. You're 25. What? I'd hope not. You're about 30. <laughs> Well, I'm not by a 30. I'm 24. Okay, let's get that right. I'm not 30. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's the shows now, I'm sure, are not as good as they were back when we were young. And here's the thing. I'm going to pick my, my Disney mom. I've got to go with Teresa Russo, the mom from Wizards of Waverly Place. Okay? One, that was a great show. Okay? With Selena Gomez and you had JT Austin and... And but you've got Teresa Russo played by um, Maria. I can't say her last name. I'm going to butcher it, but is it, I think it's Canales Barrera. Um, but I, I don't know. Like just a great mom, you know. For just a great character. She was funny. Um, you know, it, that's who I'm going with. That's my pick. Yeah, I loved Wizards her. Waverly. The whole the whole family was amazing in uh, Wizards of Waverly Place. I'm I'm gonna go Carrie Martin from nice. Zach and Cody. Always fun, uh, funny. Um, always, always letting her kids do whatever she they wanted um, in the hotel. But yeah, I I loved her. Um, she was teased endlessly by her kids, but um, still showed love and support. Uh, raising twins by them by herself in a hotel. Uh, not much more you can ask for, and she did a great yeah. job. And as a lounge singer slash singer when they went on deck and when they were on the boat, she was also, you know. <laughs> God, Two Life for uh, Zack and Cody was the best. I, I miss that show. That that was a great series. And then, yeah, Sweet Life on, on Deck was uh, was awesome, awesome too. So good Disney, chi- good D- Disney times right there. 
All right, Matt. Uh, final segment, Share Burger and Brat. All right, you want me to start this time? Yeah, go ahead and start. All right, so I found this article. This was um, from last week, but um, it looks like from from people. Um, a five-year-old boy had a lemonade stand to raise money for a local firefighter who was shot at an Applebee's restaurant, okay? And you think about this, a five-year-old boy raising money for something. I mean, that right there, just that headline is pretty uh, inspirational. But he he was helped, uh, the kid's name, Cooper uh, Wall Weber, um, with the help of his older sister, um, raised money to try to help Kenlock firefighter Arlydia Buford who was hospitalized after this shooting at an Applebee's restaurant. Um, they, they ended up with over $1,000 to help Miss Buford out. I don't know if that'll cover much in the healthcare industry anymore. Well, okay. <laughs> but let's, let's look that at... won't cover anything. <laughs> but let's, let's look at, at, at what a five-year-old boy, Braxton, let's not make it into something else, the five-year-old boy... With help of his sister, raising money for someone who was hurt. I think that's an incredible story, and that's a feel-good story that we need more of, especially in these times where no matter the age, a young five-year-old boy wanting to make a difference and help someone who he saw was needing help. I think that's incredible. And that, Cooper, sharing my burger and brought with you today. That is incredible, Matt. <clears throat> I'm with you on there. And then uh, for my burgers and brought. I've got America's most charismatic and persecuted species. The Mexican gray wolf got a boost, or a boost um, as 20 wolf pups were released this spring that were born into captivity, and they were successfully integrated within wild packs across the southwestern United States um, this month. So bringing back wolf packs, wolves, wolves are my favorite animal. They're so cute. They, they look like my dog. I wish I could own a wolf. I can't because it's illegal. And we're so glad it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute, man. Uh, you know, Braxton, maybe one day. Maybe you can own like a a farm or have wolves. I don't know. Maybe like Chad Johnson. He's got every animal. Yeah, that could be you, Braxton. That could be you. It could be us. Burgers and brats at our headquarters. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be headquartered on a farm. That is very true. Or with all wild animals. But, you know, if that's your dream, man. Go live your dream. When we uh, spread, when we get multiple headquarters, we'll spread them out across the U.S. There you go. There, there we go. go. You can have your own little area. Yeah. Well, Matt, it's been another great week um, of Burgers Brats. Hopefully, we get the ball more rolling with some more sports uh, coming up. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure you're following us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and Pandora at Burgers and Brats, Twitter, and Instagram at Burgers and Brats. Matt and I, thanks for listening. Take care. Stay safe.